I think we need to listen. And I think I've learned a lot of lessons over the years from what I've done wrong. But listening with compassion, not listening to correct or listening to judge or listening to make them do it your way. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Fortify podcast, where our goal is to talk about all things that are hopefully fortifying to you and to your local community. Well, today, Heather and Donna and I are gathered around Donna's kitchen table. Trish was going to join us, um, but she was not feeling quite up to it, didn't know if her voice would hold up. So we're missing her, and we wish her a quick recovery of whatever it is that's going on. And we just wanted to talk today about living with and having good rela- uh, relationships with our adult children. Honestly, when you start out having a family, you have no idea what you're getting into. I mean, really, I could not have imagined the effort it took to parent well. And so much of that has to do with my own actions and learning how to parent well, how I'm responding to a situation or a child, and not not so much my kid's action, but my actions. I mean, you have no idea how you're going to react. You have a house full of kids and toddlers and you haven't slept if you're a new mom. You just, you just, you have no idea. Um, and all the, the joy and the sorrows and the ups and the downs and the daily cares of life. And of course you love your kids. I mean, I love my kids. I would, I think any one of us would give up our life for any one of them. But the ultimate question when it comes to having good adult relationships with your kids is, do your kids feel loved? Yes, you know you love them, and they may know you love them, but do they feel loved? And that question bears fruit in the quality, how that question is answered bears fruit in the quality of your relationship that you'll have with them when they become adults. Um, I think... It would be a really hard thing to hear as a parent. In fact, in fact, I think I did hear this um, with one of my children years ago, and I was just really surprised. I mean, it's like, yeah, I know my mom and dad love me, but, you know, we really don't get along, or uh, I don't like being with them, or whatever. And, and you have phases like that when you're, if your kids are a teenager, they, you know, they don't like, oh, mom won't let me do this or that. I mean, I get that, but I'm talking something more than that, where you're just kind of out of fellowship with them. So um, I'm just going to throw the question out there to our group here as to what steps each of us has taken through the years of parenting uh, to build a good relationship when they're adults. Now, the one thing I want to, again, say, I think I say this every podcast, we are three very different families around this table. Um, We have different backgrounds. I mean, my marriage looks very different. Donna and Ray have done everything together. They teach together. Uh, My husband is gone more than he's home. Okay, so that has an impact. Um, Heather, you know, with her 13 children and just, okay, so she was raised um, with, uh, as a single single child with, um, Kelsey Wallen brought this up, with a mother who went behind you with a broom, you know, and how that affects your parenting and how my husband's relationship with his folks or my mom, you know, and, you know, we're all so different. So, um, Donna, I'll just start with you and just what you think. You have seven children. They are completely all out of the house. Um, you've had, um, 
Okay, so Donna, you and Ray have done so much teaching on parenting. I mean, that's that's been your ministry. Mm-hmm. You've taught on this. You just have so much um, material on this. In fact, I'm going, I didn't know this, but um, earlier today you sent me a podcast that you did on this subject about um, adult kids living at home uh, five years ago. So I'm going to link that to this podcast because there were some really some detailed information in there that I don't think we'll get to in this podcast, but I would encourage people to look at that link because there's some really good information in there. But ultimately, what are the keys? What, what, do you, what would we all share on what we think helps have good relationships with our adult children where they don't walk away or they, they want to be around us? Okay, well... Um First of all, I think uh, that we would all agree that it starts really early. And I remember when Ray and I would do, you know, workshops and homeschool conventions and parenting seminars and stuff, I would ask, um, you know, how many of you have, you know, under six-year-olds? And they raise their hand. I was like, bless you. You're so blessed because you're learning now, you know, things that are going to affect you long term. You know, I was just, oh, I was just beside my, and the more hands that went up that, at that moment, the happier I was, you know, when I was teaching content because, um, and, and the good thing about that was that we actually did have somebody when 37 years ago with a one-year-old, somebody who told us all these things. Yeah, that, that's, that's it, huge. It's remarkable. It is, it's absolutely that remarkable. Now I've come to realize how, how unusual that is, yeah. but, you know, somebody telling us, you know, that, uh, you know, if your first two kids, you know, if you're going to have a large family, your first two kids, you need to invest, 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 because it's going to have, it's going to trickle down. It's going to trickle down. Somebody telling us, you know, that what you do when they're little is what they'll like, was what there's what you will have with them when they're teens. Somebody telling us, you know, that when we put them first now, then they'll, then they'll want relationship later. All of these things. We were told that when we had a one, a firstborn one-year-old. I remember reading somewhere that if you're not playing marbles with them at seven, don't expect to have them talking to you at mm-hmm. 17. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that, um, that, that definitely starts there. It starts with that, you know, every day just being available to them. You know, we had certain times of the day set apart, you know, how I name everything. And we had certain <laughs> times of the day set apart, you know, that we're taught, you're going to have a dad's going to be available. Mom's going to be available, you know, and we did that when they were two and three and four and five and then just built in other systems like that, the like half birthdays and, and family nights and date nights with mom or date nights with dad, days away with mom, all of these things that so that they would have one-on-one time with us, with each one of us, and then now they still seek that as adults. And I, I would really second that because even, especially especially now, you, you think, I mean, I 100% agree that when they're little, you know, they need to see, and even now, they need to see your eyes light up when they're walking, mm-hmm. like you are delighted to see them. They need to see, wow, mom's really happy to see me, or, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. And, and they just feel that affirmation. Now, you know, when they're younger, it takes much, it's, it's way more when they're older. <laughs> I mean, so yep. any young parents listening, just know. You can it, put them to bed then. Yeah, yeah, you can put them to bed then. Now it starts at midnight. Now it's just like you may want to shut your door, mm-hmm. but you, you shouldn't mm-hmm. because they really need to talk. And, um, yeah, keep that door open. But yep. so, Heather, your thoughts here? I agree with Donna 100% that it has to start young. Mm-hmm with care the right way when they're young mm-hmm. is enormous. I think we need to listen. And I think I've learned a lot of lessons over the years from what I've done wrong. 
But listening with compassion, not listening to correct or listening to judge or listening to make them do it your way, mm-hmm. but listening with compassion. And it's um, not blaming, not accusing. Um, and I really appreciate Bob Goff's book, Love Does. And I, I alter parenting, I think. This is a love does moment. Yeah. This is a, because there'll be times where Doug and I wrestle with something that's hard and what should we do it or not? And we often will look at each other and say the same thing. This is a love does moment. We need to, and as I speak this, he's driving to Kalamazoo to look for at a car with a child, even though he has so much to do because he loves her. And so I think thanking them for the good they do, even when we struggle with maybe um, being so different than them and how they do things differently than us, but thanking them for the good we see, looking for good to praise them for. And um, in a struggle I had with, with one of my children, when she really didn't like me very well, I kind of came to the end of myself where I just didn't really even want to be your mom anymore. And Trish, who's not with us tonight, uh, met with me, and she said, you can't love her anymore because she's hurt you so badly. But got to let God love her through you. And so I did. I met with this child right after that. And I said, what do you need in a mom? Yeah, and yeah. that was the turning point. Child sobbing and just, it completely transformed our relationship. So mm-hmm. that humility of saying, I'm not doing this well. This child's holding something against me for things I've done, and I need to change it. Instead of just carrying my own pride for the rest of my life and being like, you're not nice to me, so I don't want to like you <laughs> in my own immaturity and pride, but just to let God. And I told Trish, I don't like you very well for saying this to me. <laughs> Faithful are the wounds of a friend. But I, but I needed to hear that. And so I think to keep their adult heart, we have to have their child heart. Mm-hmm. That is so, so true. And I am so, so guilty. Um, and again, I, I, I touched on this. It's so funny that I had both of these podcasts recording today because when I'm talking with Kelsey earlier today, cause she, she talked about how, um, you know, I was asking her, okay, as a mom, what advice would you give? And she's like, you know, sometimes, you know, you can just let the dishes sit and have that moment with the kids. And that was so hard for me. I mean, I just, everything in order. And when I look back, I, it was all about getting things done, getting things done. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, again, to, to any young mom listening, I know it feels like the days drag, but the years do fly, and I, I wish I would have gone back and could go back and, you know, tie some heartstrings, and it was really interesting. Um, a very, very hard moment for me was, I don't know how many years ago, and if you would have asked me, hey, do you have a good relationship with this child? I would have thought, oh, sure. Well, I found out differently that this this child um i mean there, there wasn't like you know hatred or anything but but i i was just i've just always been a doer and so when i think i'm doing things oh i'm doing this for this child and i'm doing this you know oh and i'm making sure he has this or she has this or and but what they needed was their mom listening to them. And the other huge mistake I made, okay, you know how, you know, when they're little and you're praising them for every little step and, Mm. oh, they did this and they did this. Well, what happens to us when they become teenagers where all of a sudden we go the opposite direction? You're you're working on a paper or they're showing you something. Well, this would make it better. Well, this would make it better. I mean, yes, we're trying to help them, 
but yet that comes off as criticism. So instead of praising the good, it, it just seems so easy to pick out, oh, but this would be better mm-hmm. or this would help. And yes, that's our intention because we do want to help them, but how that comes off is often criticism where, I mean, we got to a point where <laughs> my girls, well, I, I don't want to say that, maybe my boys do too, but, um, you know, they just, they didn't want me reading their papers. I mean, they knew that I, you know, some things might make them better, but it's just like, oh, but, you know, mom, you're just going to tear it apart. And I'm like, no, 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 I just, you know, I just want to help you. So just, just be aware of that, moms, just be aware of that. And that, yes, your quote, good advice may sound differently to them. So I don't know if I'd like to add a note to that. So I think knowing your children and knowing each individually, what their love languages are and their strengths are and so their true. weaknesses are. And I appreciate my daughter Hannah. She had us a couple of years ago around Christmas time. She said, Mom, I want everyone in our family group to tell what their love language is and what their Enneagram number is and what their uh, Myers-Briggs test is and, and whatever. So we can know each other better and we can communicate better. And we can love each other better without being harsh because we're not the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so important so that a child who needs lots of positive words. Those words of affirmation. Gets the words. Yeah. And those who gets it better as a gift, you know, that we're sensitive to Or that. the acts of service, you know, don't, don't bother buying me a gift, but go clean out the garage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's a really, that's a really good point is knowing your children and how, how they best receive, you know, love, you know, what is so, so important to them. Um, One book that I really, really want to recommend is, and I read it recently, um, a girlfriend of mine who we hadn't talked in years from, she's from California, and um, this was several weeks ago, maybe it was longer, and we just talked for like two hours. I I think we were both driving in the car, because when else can you talk that long? (laughs) Um, and she was just talking about some of the issues she's having with her adult children. And she's thinking she's all alone in this. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're just not an, enough around other moms, <laughs> you're just, you know, some of those things. But the book that we talked about was um, um, raising, doing life with your adult children, keeping the welcome mat open, shutting your mouth and keeping your, um, the welcome mat open. Mm -hmm. And there is one of the things he talks about in there is all, you know, the awe factor and that's a for affirmation, W for warmth and E for encouragement. Mm -hmm. So to keep the awe factor with your children to affirm them when they can, you know what, your kids might not be doing some great things, Mm -hmm. but affirm them where they where you can um you can still be warm you can still whatever in your in your voice I mean we're not we're not like a big hugging family and you know just historically you know that wasn't in my I'd like to be more of that but you know and giving those words of encouragement you know so when I think of that awe factor of just doing that so cool so anyway um Moving on, um, are there anything spe- is there anything specific that you do, Donna, even now, you know, with your adult children or looking back that just that um, what do I want to say? Some routines or just some things that you know you continue to do with your kids? Um, one of the things 
um, that we do is that we try to continue some old, you're talking about like traditions and things like yeah. that? Yeah, just, you know, things that you're still, you know, that you could say, hey, these are some ideas, this mm-hmm. is what we've done to... Right. One of the things we try to do is continue some old traditions, you know, that we had before, but then also, you know, be willing to drop something that just doesn't fit. Like one of the things we always used to do was make ornaments when they would come on Christmas Eve and everything. And, you know, I just that was going to continue. We're going to do that. We're just going to keep on making those ornaments. Every year, we're just going to keep on making those ornaments. Well, it was just like pulling teeth. It's like, how many do I have to make, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> when they came in? It was like, this isn't something we're going to keep. You know, this isn't something that everybody loves. And it felt, felt like a drudgery. It felt like a task, a job they had to do. You know, so I think that just evaluating, you know, what we used to do versus what we do now. Um, obviously, family size, family dynamics, because we have gone from, well, we went to Disney two years ago with 18 and if we go in two years, we'll have 22 at least. So, you know, we've, we had four babies within a year. So, so just really evaluating, you know, situations and seeing, you know, some of the traditions that we would keep and some that we would not. Um, And including everybody for some of them, but not including everybody for some of them, you know, because it can be where, you know, sometimes it's just too many people. Sometimes it's just too big, you know, sometimes it's, it's not geared to some of them and it's geared to other ones of them. So one of the things that um, Ray has done really, really well is that whenever we set out to do, to do anything like, you know, this is, we get put out the schedule, you know, or if we're doing something with grandparents or everything's different right now, but you know, in those kind of things, uh, he always prefaced it with, this is an invitation, not an obligation. I think that's so cool. And I I really loved hearing that in the last, in your podcast. And he just says that all the time to him. He says, you know, Hey, you know, we're having a game night. Remember it's an invitation, not an obligation, Mm -hmm. you know, and just let them off the hook right up front. Yeah. What if they just don't want to come. What if they want to rest at home? Yeah. It has to just be perfectly fine, you know. And, you know, I can get more into that kind of expectations and things like that later. But, and then another question that you had was favorite things with your kids. And I thought kind of touching on what Heather was just saying, you know, knowing your kids is that it's funny that I have different favorite things. We have different favorite things as a family, obviously going to Disney together. And then we, when we don't, well, when we don't go to Disney, we have, we rent a house, a big house, you know, and, and that kind of thing on our off, off Disney years. And, you know, there are those things, but then I just keep, I was brought to my thoughts how, you know, like I have one child who will watch thriller movies with me and that's just our thing he and I are just like when are we going to watch a thriller when are we going to watch a thriller you know yeah not not like a horror because I'm afraid of I'm afraid of horror movies so anyway not a horror movie but then there's another couple who just like you guys want to take a talk I I, see I have to call it a talk I cannot even call it a walk you guys want (laughs) to take a walk you know because it's talking and walking you guys want to take a walk you know that's then I have another person that I work out with another person that I cook with another you know there's just just different things with each child and we you know we kind of know we have a a dinner club for the ones without kids we have a card club you know just different things that pertain to everybody's seasons everybody's you know the different different places they're at in their lives and their interest and that goes back again to availability because uh, I mean Heather's going to confirm this and you already mentioned it that the time that it takes is it's, it's just uh, unbelievable. It is. It it's is. just really, really unbelievable. And um, you just have to be willing to do it from from birth until until life ends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want these relationships. Um, every time I listen to Donna, <laughs> I oh, no. go, oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I just, I feel like, oh, I failed. I fall short. You know, anything. We're a family that I don't think has ever taken a family vacation together. So um, I'm hoping to do that someday. But I mean, 
So I, I say that not to go, oh, woe is me or anything like that. That's not, that's not what I say. I say it because if you're listening and you don't have a dinner club or you don't have all those wonderful things that Donna has because that, that is literally her ministry, um, that, that's what she's done for a living, her and Ray, you know, mm-hmm. family and kids. And, um, but just to say it's, it's okay um, if you don't have all those things, you, you'll have different things. I have mm-hmm. different things mm-hmm. with my kids. Um, and, um, and you know, my kids live, you know, ha- half of them live in different parts of this country. And so um, it just might be, you know, a certain text or just different fun things we say to each other mm-hmm. or different words or just, just whatever. Um, so... Don't just again. We our family cultures are all different, and and just know that you can create your own culture within your you know with within the dynamics of of your family. So Heather, do you have something to? Yes, some favorite things. Um, something we've done for a very long time is we take the child whose birthday it is out for lunch. Oh, yes. And it's typically just always been me because Doug's been at work, but since COVID, he's been home. So he's been able to go on the birthday lunches since March this year, which has been nice because then it's just time with us and Mm -hmm. them, unless they pick a sibling who they really want to come. And sometimes (laughs) that happens too. But um, we also do birthday dinners, like for the whole crowd and the crowd is getting larger and they get to pick. They get to pick what they want for dinner, and we all work hard to make that happen just so they feel special. And then something we've done, and I can't even remember how long, but it's been most of our parenting years that since the children could comprehend things, was to take the birthday child, we go around the dinner table during dinner, and each of us tell our favorite memory with that child and then or that person, and then we bless them in some way. Not a blessing that makes them feel like they're not being blessed. Like we need to bless you with endurance and or, and showing up yeah, on time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not kind of a blessing, <laughs> but like a blessing. It is really a blessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Birthday blessing. Birthday blessing. Yeah, yes. we do and the same so, thing. And then yeah. that too. person has that moment to feel like mm-hmm. they're loved. In fact, my one son-in-law liked it so much he had them do it at their wedding oh. for the table, um, the head table. Oh. to do that and anybody actually in the audience was able to to say something too if they wanted to because he really loves that it's getting a little more challenging as our family's gotten larger because that could take a full hour and a half yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. but but it means a lot to them so that's been something um individual things i've run with several of them yeah. i work out with one son every single day pretty much i menu plan with some of my daughters mm-hmm. go grocery shopping with some and then I have one that will contact me and be like, can, I, can we just come over and play games tonight? Wow. And then I'll usually wow. shoot out a, a text and ask, any, you know, this, this sister's coming. Does anybody else want to come? And so... Invitation. And, yeah, invitation <laughs> for anybody who wants to come. And I'll, I'll, hurry up and I'll hurry up and scramble and try to find enough food to <laughs> make this meal bigger. The, fact, oil, the oil and the bread. Meal, right? Yes. <laughs> and then and then even stuff like doctor appointments for my grandbabies. Like the, the, the my daughters like it when I come and am kind of the bulldog and liaison in case, you know, I want to be like, I've had 13 kids. It's okay if, you know, they don't do shots or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then births. They've wanted me in Oh, in my births, gosh. I know you've that's been. that's been tremendous. Some of them have. And so there's lots of things I think are favorites for 
our families. And even just the when they come to pick up their grandbabies and stuff, it's at the end of the day, I'm just like, you know, just stay for dinner before you have to run home. You have to make dinner, whatever. Just just things that always mm-hmm. say, I love you and you're important to me, even if I'm busy, you know, 90% of the time mm-hmm. taking care of everyone. Mm-hmm. And now we we say all this and and that's what we are we try to do but again just know there's a there's a lot of struggle behind these mics sometimes too when our children um you know we have to watch them make decisions that we know might um not turn out well or maybe are they walk not in congruence with you know, maybe with what they've raised, uh, what they've been raised with, or any number of things. And um, do you guys have any comments on, you know, walking through that when you see a child? You know, it's kind of like, well, you can make your choices, but you can't choose your consequences. Um, But how do we walk? I think a struggle that we have is when we see this, we want to be there for our kids, but yet we don't want to enable them. And um, s- staying close in heart without destroying the relationship when, you know, there is a disagreement about something and maintaining the relationship even in the midst of that um, you know, as they're walking through something. Do you guys have anything to add? Any advice there? You can start, Heather. Yes, I think that it is important to love them through whatever they walk through in life. And I can say this confidently because my parents walked through things with me that they didn't want me to go through. They didn't, the cho- they didn't like my life choices. They didn't like what I did. But seeing them just hug me, love me, cry with me, and walk me through it has, has been one of the most important things in my life. So knowing that, for my own kids as they're adults, it's, and Doug is fabulous to say this to our kids, when they come to him for advice, and they want to go a certain way that he doesn't necessarily think he would go, he says, but you are an adult, and you need to make this decision, and we love you no matter what you do. And, and so that they are valued and know they're valued, even if it wasn't what we'd pick. And I, and I have to be very careful not to express my opinions or, or support in a way that makes them afraid to come back and tell me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have had kids who've been afraid, even though I've expressed support, I may have expressed it in a way that they were afraid to come and tell me. And mm-hmm. so I am trying to really do parenting, adult parenting, in a way that just says, you know, I just love you. I love you no matter what you do in this life. I will love you, and that's not going to change. It is an unconditional thing. It's mm-hmm. not going to change. And so whatever life decisions you have or things you've gone through, you can, you can share that with me. You can share that with Dad. And there's not going to be condemnation. Right, there's not going right. to be judgment, and we're not going to attack you. We're just going to love you, because that's what God calls us, is to love, and it's the love of God that leads us to repentance. You're cutting in and out there, but okay. <laughs> so I think that loving them through it, even while we don't agree, is, is a great way to do it, and I think we have to be careful, because we're parents, because it's so easy to just attack. 
Whereas, I mean, I because just, we love them. Because that's, we love that's them. That's just it. We're just like, yeah, you don't want to do this because this is a, yes. well, because, and we're 40 years older and, right. you know, it, yeah. So, but everything you're saying is true to just walk through it, you know, despite the disagreements or, you know, just again, for them to know no matter what love you. you are, you know, yeah, this might, this might lead to a bad outcome, but you know, we're going to, we're still going to be here. Right. And I think the, f- what do I want to say? The fear, um, or a caution, or I don't know what it is as a parent where you just, again, you, you don't want, if your kids are doing something in a way, you know, you think is, you know, not going to work out well for them, that you, you want to love them but you don't want it to appear that you're condoning what they're doing you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so um finding that line of you know where I think I think if you have a really good relationship you can say Mm -hmm. I I don't think this is you know the best thing I'm we're gonna be here but you know this is this is my concern and then you have to leave it there and I have had to learn to do that I've had to learn to just, um, I haven't, I mean, I can, I can think of some, you know, things, think of some things with my older kids where, you know, I, I didn't leave it there and I fought mm-hmm. with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I heard a pastor say before the last election in 2016, I, he spoke to a large audience and he said, let's say you have a neighbor who you maybe don't not agree with their lifestyle biblically. It's maybe perhaps they're gay. And but you're their neighbor. You should be the most loving person that they know. And if you're their coworker, you should be the most loving person yeah, they know, I whatever mean, it is. And so I think I, I think that can translate to your children that no matter what the choice is, you should be the most loving person they know without saying, I agree with what you're doing. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. that I love you, you and I value you as a person. Yes. I don't have to agree with your choices to love you as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that's just because we are so different, and we all, um, you know, we're all work in progress. Mm-hmm. And so giving them their time to work it out, and even us working out, you know, there's some things, you know, looking back with, you know, maybe some different things where it's like, oh, why was I so... You know, and, and maybe why not. Why was I so? That is you know, why question. was I so? Why this? was I so? Well, yeah. <laughs> Man. That, you know, Heather's <laughs> <laughs> raising her hand here. And um, and so cutting grace both ways. Mm-hmm. Cutting grace. Go- Adana, did you have something to add to that? Um, yeah, I think that the three of us, probably better than the average person, has people ahead of us a little bit whom we've watched disown. Who we've watched, yeah. Who you know, who've made some from, hard lines. Made, yeah, you know, if you're not, you know, if you're going to marry this person, I'm never going to talk to you again. I mean, I, if you're going to move out when I told you not to, fine, we won't help you. I mean, we've we've seen it in the circles we've been in. You know, 20 years ago, definitely. I know I did, and I'm sure you guys have too. And you know, we have to remember that every time we make a hard line in the sand, that you do this behavior or that behavior as an adult or else that we are, we're choosing that line over the relationship. We're choosing what we were choosing our expectations over that relationship. 
And so I think that one of the keys to, you know, the, the balance between I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to love you, but yet I still want to give you advice is that if you are in a good enough relationship with them and they trust you not to put it back on them, not to bring it back to them, not to use it as a weapon against them later, mm-hmm. that if they trust you in that way, then they'll ask you. And then that's when I can remember uh, in parenting training years ago, they were like, don't tell people how to parent. You're a young parent yourself. Don't tell people how to parent. Instead, wait for somebody to ask you. And I feel like it's the same thing with our adult kids. You know, don't constantly tell them what to do, but instead build a relationship with them in such a way that they ask. And then when they ask, answer in such a way that it's not going to be held over their heads. It's not, you know, you don't have to do this in order to be approved, you know, that, that, you know, you ask me, so I've told you. And even the phrasing, like, well, I can see how, you know, how you feel, about, how, you're, how you see that, or I can see how you feel about that, or I can see the predicament you're in, but I just keep wondering, what about this? Yeah. You know, as opposed to, well, do this. You know, I just keep thinking, you know, I'll, I'll text my kids, I keep thinking about what you were saying about such and such, and what do you think about this? You know, just, you know, in an inquisitive, humble kind of way to give advice when it's asked, first of all. Well, yeah, when, yeah it's when it's asked. asked it was the, yeah. the thing with the book, um, whatever I said, mm-hmm. adulting with your, mm-hmm. your, living with your adult children or mm-hmm. um, doing life with them. And this gentleman is, I mean, people, you know, thousands of people come to him for advice and he helps families and he helps people. And, and here he is with his own children. And, you know, he can see, you know, that they're he could give them some very good advice and Mm -hmm. he'll say, would you like my advice? And they're like, no, you know, and it's really hard to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, it really is. So along those same lines, one of the things that we've really tried to set up with our kids is no judgment on their choices. So no judgment on, you know, your wedding, you know, whether you want it to be big or small, whether you want to spend a lot of money, whether you want to spend a little bit of money. I mean, when I hear a parent say, so then she had to get the $500 dress, I'm just like, what's it to you? Yeah. What, what is it to you? I mean, if you, if you gave her a budget and she wants to use 500 on the dress, wh- I mean, wh- why do we think that, you know, that, well, you shouldn't have gotten such a big mortgage or you shouldn't have lived in an apartment for so long or you shouldn't have bought new furniture on credit or whatever it might be. I mean, wh- why do we think that we should speak into those things? You know, because that just poses judgment on them. So no judgment on... How, you know, how many kids they had, when they had kids, where they got married, how they got married, how big their wedding was, how small their wedding was, how big their house is, whether they bought a four-door or a two-door. I can remember judging my son for choosing a two-door. Well, that's that's so inconvenient, and that's so – I won't want to ride in that. I'm just like, are you even serious? Why are you telling your son that he needed a four-door because you're not comfortable <laughs> in his two-door? It's like, that is so – that's so selfish, but it's you know? So- <laughs> But it's so, why does that come so naturally? Maybe it's because, you know, we have this baby, they're dependent for us, we're doing everything, Mm -hmm. doing everything, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, we're, they're independent, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. but we still hang on to, oh, but did you eat your vegetables today and take your coats? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's a hard habit Mm -hmm. to break because Mm -hmm. that's what we've been doing for so many years. And we really need the encouragement of each other to, to remind us of all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, My friend who I told you I was talking about, I said, I'm going to text you TTKMMS all day long. And that's short for 
um, uh, trying to keep my mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, as a way of encouragement, because Mm -hmm. we do need to try to keep our mouth shut. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something that we have to learn um, so that they can, you know, make their own decisions Mm -hmm. and not feel like, Oh, you know, mom's not going to like this or that. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? It Mm -hmm. should be. I mean, I don't remember growing. My parents were divorced and my mom worked three. I I mean, I, so I really didn't even, she's an incredible woman. I mean, I don't, I don't even know how she did it, but, um, you know, I didn't really have anybody checking up on me, asking me anything about anything. And yeah, I made some dumb mistakes, but clearly, you know, made it into adulthood and, you know, but why we just feel that, you know, we have to be there. I think that um, I look back, honestly, to 10 years ago. I was, I was so judgmental of, of everybody, including my kids, you know. And, and I think if I, had, if I was still that way today, I would not have the relationships with my kids in love that I do. Define kids in love. So the ones who married my spouse, my kids. Yeah, the ones who married my kids, my kids in love. You know, I just, I cannot believe the things that six or eight years ago I would have judged this daughter in love for, judged the son love for, and now I just feel nothing but love for them. And I don't, I don't judge them. It's so freeing. Oh, it's It's so so freeing. I cannot believe it. I mean, six years, I mean, I remember getting mad when one of our kids got married and got a television. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I just, I just remember just, you know, oh man, it's all, it's all over. You know, it's all over now. You know, I mean, I mean, why would we, why, you know, why would we put all of our expectations on them, you know, for things? And I think if I brought that into, you know, I got, what, what did I get? I've gotten one, two, three, three new in loves in the last, you know, four years. I just think, oh my word, that would have been really, really, Wait, really all, bad. Are all your kids married? All but one. All but one. Okay. Yep. So. And so. Uh, in, in life coaching, we call that a manual, having a manual for your kids or for your spouse or whatever. And it goes back to giving up expectations. Like you don't have to do anything to please me. I don't have a manual for you. I don't have a book written here that has everything in it that you have to do in order to be accepted by me, in order to please me, in order to make me happy. And you know, it's not that it's perfect, but I always go back to I can't have a manual. I can't have a manual. I remember last Mother's Day, one of my kids was gone for Mother's Day. And I remember talking to him on the phone that day and telling him, hey, when you get back, don't forget you owe me a game night. And I got off the phone and I told Ray, he doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't have to come home from his vacation and have a game night with me in order Mm -hmm. for me to be happy. He doesn't owe me anything. They don't owe me anything. I have no manual for them. And it is... I mean, I love like never before now. Yeah. It's, it's there's incredible. freedom there. Yeah. I, I think it was Letterman who said, I mean, I remember him preaching one of those things where he said expectations ruin relationships. Ruin relationships. Mm-hmm. Gary Smalley said um, mm-hmm. You know, and not, not that we shouldn't, when our kids are younger, okay, because mm-hmm. we're talking about adult children. When your kids are younger, yes, there are expectations. There are things that you have to do when your kids are younger because you're training them. But exactly. we're we're kind of we're talking here post training, exactly. Yeah, you know, right, right. So yeah. back then we had to have expectation explanations all yeah. the time. <laughs> but now we don't have to. <laughs> we call it we call it the Chinese book of rules. Not sure why the Chinese book of rules, or we call it the Kimberly book of rules. But the same thing, the manual is like, oh, that must be in the book of rules. Oh, yeah. That this is an expectation. And, and it helps us see, wait a minute, that's a wrong expectation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So nothing okay. against the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> the Kimberly's 
Kimberly's No Frills, No Thrills Book of Rules. (laughs) I could rename it for you. (laughs) So have we covered this? What's been your greatest challenge in parenting? Do you think we've covered that or... No. Okay. So what's been your greatest challenge, uh, Heather? How much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> like that sleepless in Seattle movie. How much I'm time do you have? <laughs> Only that was so sweet and this isn't sweet. <laughs> so Mike, Heather. In, in personality profiles, I am what you would call a highly sensitive person. Okay. Which means I can like walk in a room and feel all the emotion. And it can literally suck the life out of me. Kind of like my golden retriever and kind of person. That, and I'm an introvert. So if I'm doing a day that's particularly stressful, emotional, one child cries through their whole school day, um, and then several other things happen, I can be tanked where I'm not barely functional. Or even a day where I'm just especially busy. So my greatest challenge is, is trying to step out of myself and meet the needs and be who I need to be. And as I have become a parent to adults, I have found that need is so much greater than when they were all little. Yeah. And I did think when they were all little, it could not get oh, wow. any yeah. harder. Yeah. I, I thought it was oh, the hardest. I'm not sleeping. They're, they need me for sustenance, and they can't stay alive without me. And so many needs for so many little kids. But then as they're adults, those their pains are bigger, their needs are bigger, mm-hmm. you know, calls in the middle of the night, whatever it is, and then meeting all of the needs all day long too. I just, I just, it really makes me depend on the Lord for everything because I want to be what they need. And I don't want one person to get more than another gets emotionally from me. But my greatest struggle is just myself. Yeah, in, in all so of parenting. Ev- everything hurts. <laughs> my biggest and struggle I, is myself hurts it sucks the life out of me so I and the the need to just crawl in bed at 9 p.m and not have anyone talk to me (laughs) so how how do you like what suggestion would you give to a parent who's just feeling that way I mean how do you get out of that how do you keep saying I run yeah Mm -hmm. I eat waffles (laughs) on my almost 100% keto diet um (laughs) Keto waffles, right? Keto. I go to United and support them, support local business. Truly, so I'm a Bible study fellowship leader, and that is an anchor for me. Yeah. It is another thing on my to-do list, but yet it is an anchor for me. And I think, so I do life coaching with Donna. Well, she does life coaching with me, I guess. (laughs) Um, She still sends me text messages. I'm uh, telling me the bad things she's doing that she's not supposed to do. (laughs) It was so funny when you said that. I'm still up. (laughs) Emoji. It's like, why are you telling me this? (laughs) But um, to have those anchors in your life that you do daily um, is really important Mm -hmm. because those are the things that can can keep you afloat, even even if it's a five minute walk. Or, or Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, Sour player. Patch Kids. Yeah, they're they're sitting in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> so um, modern terminology would be self-care. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's important not to neglect that. I think it's important to not drown. I mean, because, uh, again, that analogy of, you know, in the airplane, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to put on your own mask first and then help, you know, your child. 
Um, so I would encourage people to do that. Know the things that you need to do and that you're not being selfish. Okay, so, I mean, if you're like, oh, I need to, you know, be gone for four hours of the day or I need, but to do those things that you need to do to keep your sanity, that that's not being selfish, that's just taking care of yourself so that you can meet the needs. Like, okay, I, I do need this to happen. And there's, you know, even with the adult children, yeah, there's going to be times when, you know, you are late, especially if your children live in different time zones and you're the one who's ahead and they're, you know. So, um, yeah, definitely that. So, Donna, your struggles. Um, my biggest challenge in parenting is overcoming worry. Oh, yeah. Lousy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it really, it's big, you know. We have to work on it all the time. Have to just, you know. Things are happening the way they're happening. This is the way they were going to happen. This is the way it was always going to be. And, you know, I'm, I, I can either, you know, worry about how I wish it was changed or worry about how I could change it or worry about the outcome, or I can try to do whatever I can do. You know? Right. And, um, and I would say that worry has always been my biggest parenting challenge. I mean, from babies to now. I, I, I there have been a lot of things along the way, according to ages and stages, but the worry is the thing that has always been it. I, th- I think that's really true. When, when I, you know, look at my own life, it's like, well, what's driving me? And it's fear. Oh, mm-hmm. well, will they be able to get a job? Well, will they be able to do this? Mm-hmm. Well, so, so it's not, you know, somebody could say, oh, well, mom, you're just, you know, angry about this or something. Oh, no, no, no. But it, but it's, I mean, but fear can, you know, sound like anger, I guess, mm-hmm. just because, well, you got to get this done and you got to get this done. Mm-hmm. So that's really true. I, 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 as horrible as it may sound, um, Kyle's death and um, Autumn going through having seizures every five minutes. I mean, really, after Kyle's death, um, I, I just realized, okay, there's... Life is going to be as it's going to be, and it's our reaction to it. We cannot control outcomes, Mm -hmm. and especially with adult kids. Especially, gracious, you. And so, it's just our response to those outcomes, Mm -hmm. and there's nothing I could have done to change the outcome. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, um, of whatever. You know, whether it be Kyle or you know, with um, with Autumn. I, I just remember being out on a walk and saying, Lord, there's nothing I can do here, you know, and just help me walk well through this. I mean, if, if we truly believe our Christian faith, there should not be worry because we know it all works out in the end um, from Genesis to Revelation. Um, it's all about reconciliation and redemption it all gets redeemed it all it all works out and and just to live there and we will survive a child's poor choice we will survive (laughs) you know whatever it is and I and I think you know that that worry which Mm -hmm. you know has defined you I would say that's defined me in the past Mm -hmm. that we to to just let that go mm-hmm. and just again be their supporter um you know so to to live in that of I actually just had that. a child recently tell me that I don't that I'm not nearly as bad as I used to be <laughs> maybe I haven't been saying I'm a mom so sue me often enough 
Oh yeah, isn't that? I can't help but be your mother. Yeah. You know, I just, just I mean, just worry so true. much, mommy. Just worry so much. And I was always just like, I'm a mom, so sue me. I, that was always my answer. So anyway, I say that less now. So, all right. Did you guys have any other things you wanted to add, or was there something? Else? I'm going to add briefly just to what you were just saying. I heard a a, um, a lady who leads Bible studies say she used to fear and worry of a particular situation in her life often. And she said, I finally dealt with the Lord with it. And it was very helpful to me when she said this. <clears throat> Sorry. And she said, the Lord said to me, so what if it does happen? Mm-hmm. Then what? Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I'll, I'll be devastated and I won't be able to leave my room and I'll be whatever. And he's like, and, and then what will you do? And she kept saying, and the Lord was saying, and then what will you do? Mm-hmm. And then what will you do? Until she was, she's like, well, I'll, I'll get back up and, and I'll do the next thing and and I'll study your word, and I'll, and I'll teach your word. And, and it was just that, imagine that very worst thing that we're worrying about, mm-hmm. and if it happens, then what will we do? And you've lived for a, through a very worst thing. Mm-hmm. Here you are, praise the Lord, sitting here with us today, having had to walk, that hard walk. But God is faithful, and he will yeah, walk he through is. it with us, even if we never understand when some of our worst fears are realized. Um, thinking of that, so we have a Fortifiers Facebook group and every Thursday I do a theological Thursday and I already have the post ready to go for tomorrow. And it's, it's an incredible story of, um, just what you're talking about where this woman, just the worst thing that she could imagine happened to her, but how God was just there. And I guess I'll post, I'll post that link too, because, it just spoke to me again that, you know, God God is always there. He is always there, um, and he always will be there. It's just, will we allow him that space, you know? He, he, he's not going to force it, but will, will we allow him um, that space to come in and... Um, you know, walk us through all those relationships with our adult children and um, and enjoy them. I mean, I guess that's where uh, I would wrap this up and just enjoy your kids. Let your face light up when you see them. Let your they see the delight in your eyes um, or the sound of your voice if they call. And that's um, that would be my encouragement. You guys have anything else? No matter how bad our days go, my husband always says, and we are so blessed. We are just so blessed. Yeah, we are. We're so blessed. So thank you so much for taking the time to get together tonight, ladies. I really appreciate it. And may we all encourage each other to keep that welcome mat out and keep our mouth shut, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes for helpful links to information discussed in today's episode. Until next time, may you be a fortifier to the world around you.